The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm a multifaceted boss. I'm a creator boss. I am a live video boss. I'm a karate boss. I am a blog boss. I am a business boss. Education boss. I am a diverse academic boss babe. She's evolving. She's determined. She's a boss. And And this this is She's in a Pod. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of She's in a Pod. This is an exciting series, a three-part series, and we are on the second episode. My name is Shade. I'm Bianca. Hi guys, hope everyone's doing well. And I am Jennifer. I hope everyone is okay. And actually, do you know what? I think we always ask people this, I hope everyone's okay. But if you're not, especially during this time, I think that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot is happening every single day. And, you know, especially within social media and the news. So, yeah, I kind of just want to remind everyone and myself not to get so swooped up in social media and preserve our mental health. That's it. Yeah. And we posted tips on our page. Check that out. Use the tips we advised. Um, This is a very interesting time, to say the least, for all of us. So, yeah, let's let's look after our mental space. Definitely. Definitely. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, every episode, we have an Oh My Pod moment. Oh My Pod. For those of you that don't know what that is, Oh My Pod is essentially a play on Oh My God, where we discuss something shocking that's happened or something that has caught our attention. This week's Oh My Pod is about something that was launched just a couple of days ago and got the whole of Twitter talking on that day. Mm -hmm. And that is the launch of Twitter voice tweets. Gosh. Boo! (laughs) Shade's already saying boo. You don't like it, Shade? No. Why? It's unnecessary. We need... We need voice notes in the DM, not in the timeline. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, there's definitely a lot of, you know, different views about it. But let me just explain what it is. Mm. So it's a new feature um, on iOS where users can make 140 seconds. So that's around two minutes, 30 seconds. Oh, wait, it's only on iOS seconds. at the moment. It's no, anyways, no one can... That's, yeah, it. that's what... I think just for now... <laughs> what, are you... On the face of the earth, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, continue. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah it's basically you just sharing audio in a form of a tweet and twitter they've said that it adds a more human touch to the way we use twitter and also it there's a lot that is left unsaid or misinterpreted on twitter so this is why they created it okay 
But do you know? Do you, do you know what I saw that I thought was quite interesting? What? They didn't think about deaf people. Yeah, I and saw that. How deaf yeah. people are gonna yeah. interact with those voice mm. notes because a lot of deaf people actually use Twitter. Yeah. So and I feel like Twitter is all about tweets. Mm. That like Twitter is all about mm. written communication. That's just. It, I it's worked, so I don't think I don't... it's going to override tweets, though. You know, I don't think it's going to be used. I don't more think so. Than, no. than tweets. I feel like, so like yeah. I was saying to you guys, I think that because we were saying it's already kind of died down since they first released it a few, only a few days ago. And so Literally. I feel like, um, at this point, it's only really going to be used when like something happens. Something's everyone, popping. Everyone reacts yeah. to it. You know what I mean? But again, I do you know what? Do you remember House Party Girls? Oh, yeah. You remember how short-lived House Party was? I feel like it's another one of those mm. things that... And I don't know what it is about about those type of uh, apps or... Is it I, don't, I, don't I think know. it's because it's extra work, isn't it? I mean... Because from what I've been hearing, like, people have been trying to put sound effects on their voices. Like, they, re- they want to get it right. Oh, that's They're too recording much. it several it's times. Effort. It's too much effort. I, mean, I, never, <laughs> yeah. I never jumped on the House Party wave. Never. I never downloaded it to my phone once. And like for me, if something's for me, it's for me. I don't feel like I'd use a, a Twitter voice note. Force it. It's, yeah. it's by force. Like it's not by force. Yeah, I, I personally wouldn't use a Twitter voice note because I just yeah, wouldn't. I don't think it's necessary. But yeah, Jen, continue mm. with. But yeah, but that wasn't so. That was like a oh my gosh, shocking moment. Yeah. But what was even more surprising, mm-hmm. but equally amazing yeah. to find out was that the team behind the launch were black people. Amazing. Um, yes, so from, I was that's yeah, so I was very happy from black designers that. to black directors black uh, VP of design and research um, just a couple of names to mention Alexis Brianne, Maya Gold and Jessica Faison mm. they were part of the team that launched this product that's and amazing. as soon as I saw that I thought oh my gosh yes my sisters because <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> you don't really you don't really hear about stuff like that and I'm sure this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't the first time but just for them to actually speak up about it and actually say, hey, here I am. I helped contribute towards this. It was amazing to see. And like, if you think about the how big Twitter is, Twitter is a global app. Like, I don't think anyone does not know what Twitter yeah. is. Mm. So they already have given themselves huge exposure. Yeah. So yeah, good. Now, kudos That's to them. Yeah. Kudos to, to them. We love to see it. We're not, the episode's not going to be released today, obviously, but... We are recording on Juneteenth, uh, which is amazing. Um, I don't know if you get, anyone really knows what Juneteenth is. I feel like it's only seen. I, I saw it on Twitter, but I didn't actually know what Enlighten it was. What is no, it? I'll explain, I'll explain what it is. Um, I remember the first time I really, I'd heard about it before, but the first time I knew knew what it was, I actually learned about it through watching Blackish. <laughs> like, I, like, was it last year before one of the years? Um, that show teaches you a lot of stuff it you know. it's an amazing show i love blackish and grownish i love the both, both of them They're just amazing. Yeah. so it's a holiday celebrating the 19th of june that's why it's juneteenth 19th of june and it's to commemorate the emancipation of enslaved people in the u.s so it's the day that they oh. finally broke free well not broke free because it was it was by the law and yeah um, i think the last slaves to be released free were based they were based in the south which is tech in texas and even though the Emancipation Pro- Proclamation, which I'm not sure which president, I know the names in my head, but I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not even going to say its name. But he he did he basically filed the Emancipation Proclamation, and that was filed back in 19, um, 1862. But the last slaves didn't actually they weren't actually able to get freed until three years later because of just semantics and politics and etc. Mm. So basically, Juneteenth is the day that Americans celebrate slaves being free, finally being free. 
Oh, so, right. And I heard amazing. something about they wanted to make a, a, a national, national holiday. holiday. They're, they're trying to. Right? There are some yeah. workplaces. They need to. Workplaces and corporations and brands and businesses that basically are taking it upon themselves that even though it's not a national holiday, they're giving their staff that day off. But mm. they're now kind of like, you know, elevated to something that's celebrated nationally because it, it did actually be celebrated on a massive scale when it first used to happen. It used to be a celebration every year, but now it's not so much. Um, and so, yeah. They're trying to get it now to be to mm. get back to being a, a national, which I don't think it should even be national. I think it should be an international thing because this yeah. is, you know, I mean, this is not. I know it's a different. Definitely, the same way they want to celebrate the Queen's birthday. Exactly, exactly, and it's you know, it's, I think it's especially for those like myself who who or like with my family who we're from the Caribbean, so we know that we went through that slave trade. Um, you know what I yeah. mean so even though we're not in America I know that's still something it means something to me because that's my bloodline do you know what I mean so yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah just celebrating that and so if you guys don't know what Juneteenth is please read up on your your what it is and I just want to say like over this time I just love how there's been so much I've learned like it's just been such an educational time or things I didn't even know that happened to us or things that we did or, or invented I just think it's amazing yeah. so um yeah big up to us big up to us yeah, this is definitely a period of enlightenment. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's just been, yeah, awesome. Like I've learned yeah, so yeah. much about black mm-hmm. culture, black people yeah. than I yeah. have like in, during these couple yeah. of weeks yeah. than I have in yeah. my whole and life. I think this is an amazing so it's, it's great for us to also take it upon ourselves to educate ourselves as well. Just like we spoke yeah, about in our exactly, last episode, it's not in our curriculum. You know, I was looking at BBC News. Mm. They posted um about Juneteenth. And it was amazing to see how many people did were like were saying, "Oh my god, this wasn't in the curriculum. Why am I only hearing about this now?" Black, and white yeah, people. yeah. It, just was, it wasn't just non-black. So yeah, because we actually don't learn about we yeah. don't properly learn about black. And history. also, they were talking about um, what I was mentioned last week, stuff like Black Wall Street in Tulsa, which a lot of people had no clue even happened. Which was like, I think about two hundred plus people, black people died because of that. Like, so this, yeah. these things are massive that I just, they just try to erase yeah. from our history. Yeah, um, so it's we crazy. Do you know what, do you know what it is? It actually gives us power mm. when we exactly. know where exactly. we came from, when we know our roots. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why, that's why, like, you know, it's like, I, I so my, um, I don't I call my boyfriend. I don't even know. It's weird <laughs> oh, saying my boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> it's weird. But anyway, um, he's really into yeah. history and like black history. And at first I was just like, why does it matter? It doesn't impact us. We're living like why does it why is it such yeah. a big deal? But then when he actually started explaining and when we started watching these documentaries, like we were so yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so powerful. And when you actually learn about your roots, where you came from and why things are the way they are and why our names are the are our names and yeah. you know biblical history etc it gives us so yeah, much really power does. and so much it more does. meaning mm. so so yeah i really encourage people to take the time out to educate Amazing. yourself um but yeah, yeah let's get to the episode let's do it okay so black women black women black women <laughs> there's a lot going on on twitter instagram speeches <laughs> everything about black women about colorism neglection leadership Mm -hmm. etc so let's start off with neglection and how black women often say that they felt neglected especially growing up in families where they've been the first child for example the first daughter yeah um, and where they've had to kind of carry that burden of an older child as well as a probably a motherly role to their siblings etc so girls 
tell me, tell us, how have you felt neglected if you have, or how have you experienced other black women perhaps feeling neglected in in their lives? Mm. I mean, yeah, I don't know who Jen, wants to kind of go first. Yeah, the point that you you know mentioned about being the eldest daughter, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. I am the oldest of three, mm. um, including myself. Um, by a long mouth, so seven years, oh, that's wow. a huge gap. Wow. Um, so for me, I, as soon as my brothers came, like it was always down to me to teach my brothers, mm. especially because my parents, they didn't know, let's say, the educational system. They yeah. weren't too great at that. So I yeah. always had to teach them. I had to, you know, guide them and everything like that, as a sibling should. However, it did, there, there was and there still is a lot of pressure on me to, basically be like their second mother mm. and mm. this has definitely played out in my um, relationships and my friendships where I'm referred to as the 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 motherly mm. one the, the yeah. calm one the strong that's what one we've yeah. called you actually exactly and I, I don't I don't take offense to it but it's definitely very interesting how that label has mm. just been put upon mm. me to the point where I start acting yeah. you know, you're living up to that role. Uh, in, I'm yeah. living up to that role and um it's dangerous at times because then when I do want to be vulnerable or if I just can't take it anymore, I have to force myself to be strong because mm, right. um, that's the label that's been put on me. I haven't got another choice. That's why I think in my mind, of course, there's another choice. But um, definitely um, the eldest daughters, the only daughters for ex- um, as well, there is a lot of pressure on them to behave a certain way mm-hmm. and to mm. almost like set an example. Mm. You you are the, the perfect mould and everyone else behind you let's say your siblings have to look up to you so that's a lot of pressure definitely and it's quite interesting that the same pressure isn't applied to firstborn men yeah yeah yeah. do you know i mean it's it's i find that so interesting i i feel like boys are rather babied Mm. that they're not given that same level of responsibility i think any any age really if you think about it because what we were talking about for example if we bring up the whole ti situation with his daughter mm, uh, yeah you know, his son was even uh younger than his yeah younger than the daughter i think just by a few years but the fact that he's taken his his daughter to the doctors to see if she's a virgin once a year and who does he's that been talking oh, to his yeah. son who i don't think he's older than like 15 maybe 16 his son making jokes about him being a baby father you know even at that age fair enough if they were in their 20s or 30s but the fact that you can even think it's appropriate at that age to talk to your son like that but then you're taking your daughter to Mm. see if she's still a virgin yeah yeah biggest double standards it's just so 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 crazy and that pressure and i mean i think that comes from societal pressures i don't think that's necessarily to do like for example with ti I don't think necessarily anything to do with being black. I think that's more of a woman thing, female thing, Mm. um, of just like, you know, there's different standards that we have as women that men have. Absolutely. um, But it can be very different, especially when we bring the race into play. Because even Mm. sometimes what happens now is, um, and not now, but what happens a lot of times is there are a lot of homes with absent fathers. And so yeah. when that's also the case, there's even added pressure on the other females in the house to make sure that, you know, things are done. You know, if, for example, I've, I've heard my friends say their their parents or their, you know, aunties or uncles will say, can you cook? Your husband's going to want someone that can, can do this. Mm. But they never yeah. say to their, 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 their nephews or their sons, oh, your wife, your wife yeah, exactly. want someone that this, that, this, that. Yeah. It's always about what the husband's going to need instead of what the wife is going to need. And it's a very toxic yeah. way of thinking, really toxic. 
and and another one another one as well is like for example this is a bit Mm. deeper but when it comes to lack of fertility Mm. within a a marriage we always look to the woman first it's always a woman's issue how about the man could have a low Mm. sperm count how about he could be infertile Mm. People don't think about that. It's automatic, especially within the Nigerian yeah, Christian culture. Yeah. Mm. A lot of the time, it's women that are called for the altar call. I'll come to the front of <laughs> you, um, you know, are, yeah. are looking to give birth. And it's never the male, but yeah. actually, a lot of the time, the male could be the yeah. issue. But they, but it's so overlooked. And again, it's that double but standard. But you're the oldest, mm. aren't you? So I am. You I am, that? yeah. Like, how do you feel about being a black young girl who's the oldest of, is, is it three again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, three of us. Yeah, so so three of us. Yeah, and so I have my brother is twenty. Um, oh my god, you feel so weird saying that. (laughs) He's grown so much. I've always seen them as like my little baby brother and sister. But yeah, so there's five years between us, and then my sister's eighteen. So seven years between us. So again, quite big Mm, gaps. Yeah. Um, I would say when when they were younger, um, I definitely was a lot more hands on in just like probably helping them with the work and, and things like that because again my parents didn't go to school in this country mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they weren't as clued up as much as mm-hmm. I was um as they've grown older we've definitely become a lot more close and I don't feel like I've I'm playing a motherly role to them yeah, now okay. I just feel like a lot of the time is the big sis and and a lot of the time my mom might just say oh shadow what do you think about mm-hmm. this like she'll, she'll like let's say they something happens or she wants me a situation happens she'll ask for my opinion on it yeah so i haven't yeah that's how it kind of works in okay. my in in our mm-hmm. house like we don't i haven't really ever felt like i have to I, I definitely have to feel like i have to be a role model but i haven't really felt pressure to like kind of be the, a second mm-hmm. mum to them yeah mm-hmm. yeah i haven't really felt that. i don't know maybe because my parents kind of sheltered us so we were all quite mm-hmm. sheltered and quite we yeah. had quite hands-on yes. parent parenting yeah it might just be that actually yeah i feel like my my parents parenting mm-hmm. style is quite hands-on anyway mm-hmm. i think it's so, i think it yeah. might be different because obviously i came and my parents we came from a different country here mm-hmm. we came from belgium yeah. and oh yeah we, yes we knew english but we weren't you know that crisp we had that af accent and yeah. all that kind of stuff uh but when we came here i was kind of like the the first person to test out the school system everything so my parents knowing that I've gone through all of that stuff I think probably just expect me to pass that on to my to my brothers yeah Um, but then also it's like perhaps like a culture thing as well where um my mom for example she tells me all the time that she doesn't want me to kind of follow suit of the woman needs to stay at home the woman needs to do this but she actually wants me to go out explore so she's always pushing me to do my very best to try different yeah. things because in her experience or her friends and sisters experience like you know the men have kind of just stayed at home and let the woman do all the work mm-hmm. um so I think probably it stems from that but yeah it's a lot to do with yeah. family dynamic isn't mm-hmm. it and what about you Bianca so I know you I know you're the yeah, youngest but you said yeah you're, you're oldest like? <laughs> yeah. yeah what's it like being the youngest and then also <laughs> what experience it how's your oldest yeah I was gonna bring felt? her into it because we have I don't yeah. know, but, but um, <laughs> so yeah. this is, I don't know. I think at this point in my life, it I never really felt like oh my god, I'm the youngest. I think in the mm. if 
if I can say it in an unbiased way, I don't know if it's biased or unbiased, but like, I think because I was the youngest, there were some benefits that I may have gotten that the rest of my siblings didn't necessarily get all the time because it's like, oh, you know, she's the youngest, whatever. But then I think there were, there were benefits that my other siblings got because, for example, my brother, he's the only boy. So he got certain benefits that the rest of us also like a certain amount of attention that the rest of us didn't get my sister older sister she's the eldest so um it's it's okay being the, the youngest but at the same time um because we're all adults i'm 27 you know i mean it's like okay. wait i think if yeah. i was younger i'd feel it like oh you know i'm the youngest or whatever when, I'm, when we all mm. grew up together you'd feel like you're the youngest more because you know, your, your siblings would just bully you especially my brother <laughs> but, yeah i think because we're all adults we all have like yeah, a mutual for respect for each other do you know what i mean it's not it's just different so i would always say to my mum like when she was alive i'd be like mum how do you you must feel old like your youngest child is literally like 26 your youngest and a lot of her peers what that their youngest child was like 15 14 so it was oh, very wow. different for her. your mum had you quite yeah, early well, she, then she, yeah, your mum had, had you guys last, quite early last child at 26 27 her fourth child oh, wow her fourth child at 26 27 so she had all her fourth before she was 30 so my god yeah, it was a lot wow <laughs> yeah, was a lot for her. so um but then my sister, there's 10 years between me and my sister. And even though it doesn't feel like it, she's had a very different upbringing to me. And she's even now, especially even before my mum passed away, she had still had that like motherly thing where she always just felt responsible for making sure we were all okay. But even now, so mm-hmm. that my mum's not here, she's taken that on even more, um, which I don't necessarily want her to because like, you know, we're all adults. You know what I mean? Like we can figure like we're gonna have to figure life out on our own. But um, she's she's had that. She's my sister had a different upbringing because she grew up a lot of um a lot a bit of her childhood she grew up with my grandma so she actually lived with my grandma so her oh, right, upbringing okay. is a bit different like my sister knew how to from when I was born my sister knew how to cook at like seven eight years old so I mean she was wow. sitting I was changing my nappies as soon as I was born and this is when she's like what nine ten so she was kind of mm. thrown into the deep end especially because my mom had her actually when she was 16 so it's like oh. then she's having my she had my second sister at 19 and my brother at 24 three or 24 then me at 25 six so you know shana my eldest sister she kind of got thrown into deep and like okay i had you early and now i'm having the rest of this kids you're gonna have to help me out you know what I mean? yeah yeah, yeah. And that, like you know be the woman be the second mom and i call my sister my second mom i do um so i know she's had that pressure on her which again i'm not gonna lie to you as much as i admire her like i admire who she is and what she's become she's the most responsible out of all of us you know she's just the one that's when everyone sees our family they're like how is Shana related to you the rest, the rest of you like, <laughs> she's, so different. she's so different to the rest of us but um you know I respect her but I wouldn't wish that on anyone that that pressure you know right. I mean? like, yeah as a female yeah, as a female because I think it's like we said before it's very different as a man um mm-hmm. but as a woman and it doesn't what we're, we're not trying to we're not, we're not disregarding any pressure or any like that men feel we're not saying that they don't feel any sort of pressure we're just saying that it's very different um yeah and it can be very toxic in a way the, the pressure that women feel at, at a very early age i think it's early yeah. you know um mm. and so that's my experience um with with that so i never really had that growing up in the home i was able to take my time with learning things that like i didn't i wasn't pressured to learn how to cook i did it on my own accord I mean, things mm. like that like washing washing the thing is with like washing clothes and doing chores is my mum 
was very we were very independent with that so we knew how to do that at a young age i wish my clothes at like my own clothes at like 11 my mom yeah oh wow listen, I, think my mom was like, listen I've been a mom for too long you don't need to go and do your own business like, okay, <laughs> yeah yeah seriously like, yeah seriously I, I wasn't pressured into knowing how to do anything because i'm a female because i was the last one do you know what i mean so okay. yeah i think that's the advantage that i had but i did see it with other people i saw like one of my best friends she was the oldest and she could never um come out on like school holidays i always had to go to her house to sleep over because she was while her mom was working she had to constantly stay at home with her siblings she couldn't do anything oh wow. yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. So, like, stuff like that uh, which i think is just a thing out of the oldest but it seems like with women mm. or with females we have to oh can you, can you cook dinner while i'm at work can you do this can you do the laundry? yeah like, i did see it with a lot of my other friends as well um and i just thought boy I'm, I'm blessed like I'm not gonna lie to you yeah it was a lot, it was a lot yeah 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 it is no it is out as well you could see that pain mm. and they and they don't want it like those they, they and it's it's dangerous because it's hard then for parents to be able to find exactly. that balance between letting yeah. your child be a child exactly. and and you forcing exactly. them to kind of be a second exactly. mum. So, yeah you I think know you have exactly. to find that balance so um yeah it's it's I think it's a different experience with the family dynamics with Mm-hmm. everyone but um what other ways do you do you guys feel like there's some sort of neglect when it comes to black women specifically i would definitely say um in 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 the workplace in leadership roles mm-hmm. i feel like so there's a stat that says that well it's an american statistic mm-hmm that um, black women make up the majority of entrepreneurs, Mm, something like that. So we're extremely business-minded, we're intelligent, but for some reason, we're still lacking those leadership positions or we're we're looked Mm -hmm. down on in those positions, which stops us from getting to those positions. So I just wonder why. It makes sense, to be honest, if you think about it, if you think about the fact that black women are the most educated in america and then yeah. the fact that they uh make up the most percentage for entrepreneurs that's a correlation because they're now seeing mm-hmm. like you know what my with my accomplishments and my education i'm not getting the respect that i want so you know what i'm gonna go start my own business you know what I mean? yeah um, yeah so it, yeah. it makes it makes sense like it doesn't that to me cannot be a coincidence but it's sad that black women have to do that mm. in order to be respected yeah. or to yeah. be heard yeah. but i definitely think like one of the causes of that is the stigma against black women mm. um the fact that um we're too aggressive yeah. we're too loud we're too this mm-hmm. we're too that and too even even if we did try and you know get leadership roles and all that kind of stuff we're facing we're facing up against so much yeah and it just reminds mm-hmm. me about what tamika valerie was saying about um i'm sorry my voice is good about what tamika valerie was saying in the red table talk about you know um black women and you know being in the workplace and always seen as being seen as an aggressor and it's not necessarily mm. just in the workplace because let's be honest yeah i feel like a lot of black men see us like that as well like we have a chip yeah. on our shoulder like we're the yeah. black woman like we're always the aggressor we're always there's always an issue you know i saw um <laughs> i saw obviously father's day is, is on sunday and i've been seeing people now coming online saying you know oh women don't start with the um happy father's day to me posts this this year and all that kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> wow and obviously it's, it's men that are, are, are posting these mm-hmm. memes and stuff like that and okay now i hear you because mother's day should be mother's day and father's day should be father's day but again it's a thing where if a mother is both parents to someone then okay they're not going to be a father because they're not going to give what a father can give but they have to try and fill the void of two parents which is an incredibly yeah. hard job to do, do you know what i mean so i understand mm-hmm. when they 
somewhat feel bitter and upset and hurt and disappointed by him. not necessarily that person not being in their life but not being in their child's life um, yeah. and, and they're being seen like you know I have an aggressive baby mama like she's the way she yeah. is for no reason when it's like no you've caused her you're causing her child pain which means you're causing her pain you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, oh my so, gosh we actually go through so much that just triggers so many points Bianca because we go through so much as black yeah. women we always have to be strong yeah. we always have to be the ones to yeah. fight for everything yeah. everything has to be a struggle yeah. We have to endure yeah. pain to be able to overcome and to be able to succeed. And why is this that? Myth. That narrative this, yeah. of having endure. to, do you know what I mean? Of having to endure Especially before we can get to certain levels. Oh, no. Girl, don't even get me started on that. I'm sure you guys have seen it on social media, like these things about, you know, um, people disputing the fact that why should black women have to endure pain before they find the yeah. one or they find their king or they yes. find their fairy yeah. tale? That shouldn't have yeah, to happen yeah. because let's be honest, white yeah. women don't have to go through that. Why is it that we nope. people look at us and say, Do you know what? Yeah, she can go through it. She's all right. Like, let her go. And it is, it's unfortunately, it's our culture. It's, it's so Bianca, sorry to say, it is. It is. I've so heard toxic. Nigerian women say, I've been in a relationship where we were having issues, and the, the woman said, His mum was saying to me, In relationships, you know, you have to enjoy, you have to go through these things Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself I'm too young to be dealing with any of this I don't have to go through anything actually like no I don't um and if I'm not okay with the situation I will leave but it's it's, yeah yeah like admire about my mom it's like even Mm -hmm. after because you know I think sometimes what happens is like you're married for so long at this point it's just a part of who you are it's like and I, I Sometimes I understand when older women say that because for a lot of them, starting again, it, it, the fear of the unknown is just crazy. Like, it, yeah. you'd rather stay in in a, in an environment that's toxic because you're used to it rather than... For the sake of the children. Yeah. yeah. Even sometimes there's no children involved, but it it's more so about the fact that it's toxic, but they're used to it. They, they know what to expect. It's predictable. But then, like, if they yeah. leave, what happens now? What do I do? It's that fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I have mm-hmm. to say about my mum was like, even after being married to my dad for 26 years, 27 years, she was like, what? yeah, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. You know? And she wow. made the decision to finally go. She could have been like, you know what? This is 20, 20-something years of my life. That's gone. I'm just, I might as well just stay. And then, then. Wow. But, she wow. was married for she ages. Was married for whole, she's been married the same age. Well, if she was still like, it would have been the same age as my brother because he was born just before their wedding. So my brother's 29. Mm-hmm. So they, when they got to finally divorced, I think my brother was like 27, 26. Mm-hmm, so it was mm-hmm. a, a long time she was married. And, and, you know, there's people that even in the church or in, you know, it's not just mm-hmm. Nigerian culture. In the way my grandma is, it's just like, it's funny enough, my grandma also got divorced as well but the way she is is like you know no divorce just stick with what you know you know what I mean it is what it is yeah. um not necessarily my grandma but just that I wouldn't say her herself but that that, that group of people you know what I mean the old school people who just are very traditional in their way of thinking um, yeah and she, my mom was just like you know what if I have to start again I have to start again and so one thing that I can mm-hmm. I thank God for is that before she did go that she had the little glimpse she got her fairy tale wedding she got remarried oh, and that she was able to have even if it was a small part of the, the life that she wanted as a married woman she got it mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it's yeah, just it's thank God, yeah. you just don't know what's waiting on the other side if you sometimes take that risk because there's something yeah. waiting on the other side but we women yeah. like you said it's a part of our culture Shade, where we just stick yeah. to what you know at the end of the day because it's a safe place uh, yeah um, exactly yeah. that that's that key word is that safe yeah. place and what about if i don't find a man exactly. again yeah. what about if exactly. no if anyone loves me exactly. like he ha- he does again that's it you have to love yourself before loving anyone yeah. else because yeah. 
And that's why it sounds so cliche and we always say it, but actually, if you love yourself before you love anyone else, then you're not going to allow exactly. yourself to be treated that exactly, way. You will yeah. know your worth and you'll be confident exactly. enough to leave those situations. Exactly. So it's honestly, it's, just, it's, it's hard. And I, I mean, I can say I, my ex-boyfriend, who, mm-hmm. like, you know, everyone has the ex, he was like the ex. And I remember when we were together and I just never, you know, I was always kind of like, where's the respect? There was just wasn't much respect there. Mm. Um, he wanted to always keep the relationship secrets because we had a lot of mutual friends and stuff like that. And he was wanted to keep it a secret and do all this stuff. And that's a red flag, mate. Well, wait, big that, red flag. Just, that, like like we just said, self loving it. Like at that time, it was not there. So mm. for me, um, all of these things are happening, and I remember. Um, I had broken up with him for one of the many times that, that I broke up with him and I remember he was in America for something and he met this girl and he met this white girl and all of a sudden he was posting oh. about her he was doing all these things and I was like hold on what and I remember yeah because I found out about this these posts through my friends because my friends all rallied and when it started commenting on, on his pictures oh and, gosh and what? So they were like i I don't know I, what i will say is i i love my friends for having my back here but they, they were literally like comment on his stuff to say oh like now you want to give someone respect all these stuff like on his yeah, that, those are true yeah. friends you know <laughs> in crazy so but i remember seeing this back i was thinking wow like i have literally been i have suffered for you mm. i've literally imagine imagine yeah. but he wanted to keep you a secret but, yeah. but it's proud to show off the white this girl is it. this is it and and the thing is i've never actually seen him because we again like we had a lot of mutual friends and i know other people that he's dated i had never seen him like showcase other black girls that he had dated before like that but then there's this white girl that you meet and it's like yeah i can show her to the world and to me mm. i just felt like to me that's more of an issue with him do you know what i mean and how he sees not only black women but how he sees himself um yeah do you know what i mean that's a reflection but you know that goes into other things like how let's be real about the situation because i know people like to say oh you know you're just stirring a pot but let's be if we're very real and vulnerable a lot of mm. times we do see if i look at all the men in the media black men majority, 90 percent of them have light-skinned wives or light-skinned mm-hmm. um, especially partners. footballers footballers yeah basketballers, yeah um, Rappers, actors, yeah, um, actors and what, what is it's like they were, baby, as, as they called them their baby mothers or the mother of their children um seemed to be black you know when they were coming up when they weren't as famous you know they, yeah. they're asking tone they're dark skin or they're they're medium or caramel but then they get famous they meet these women and they're looking like mm. jennifer lopez and it's like yeah nothing wrong with jennifer, she's beautiful but why is it that there's not a reflection do you think yeah go do you on, think jennifer. it's more of a subconscious thing though because I used to be one of those people that were saying, like, actually, it's a big, you're making a big deal out of nothing, especially because my family's quite mixed. I've got my uncles who are married to white women as well, and I never really thought it was that big of a deal. But mm-hmm. obviously, as I've gotten older and just seen the pattern evolve more and more, I'm just thinking, like, is this more of a subconscious thing where they gravitate somehow towards more light-skinned or white people? Or, you know how some of them say, that's just my... That's just my um, preference. my preference. Yeah. Why mm. don't they naturally gravitate towards people of their own color? I just want yeah, to know. That's that's it. But then does that I mean just that they don't like know. black women though? Just because they're with a white. That's or the light thing. It might. That, that's the thing. It it might not mean that. But my thing is that why is it so common? Mm-hmm. Why is it more common yeah. for men that are in the forefront yeah. to date, marry, 
light skinned white women Did you see the post that the about um, what's his name? Jay Huss. He was appreciating like yes. beauty um, on his yeah, yeah, and yeah. literally every single woman that he posted was light skinned or had cool. Oh, yeah. I never saw that fake bodies mm. or let's see yes. Because I, I I was looking at that with that lens. I was like, hmm, let me see a, a dark skin girl. The only girl that alluded to being a bit dark skinned had the most curvaceous, yeah. unrealistic yeah. body. <laughs> so my thing is. Look at what they're idolizing. Yeah. His ex, also Jay Huss's ex, was light skinned. Yeah. And, and I saw this mm-hmm. post the other day, and it said, um, "It said, black women are beautiful. Black women with black women are beautiful. Um, who have big foreheads. Black women who have no bums are beautiful. Black women who have no breasts are beautiful. Like it's basically saying, don't just idolize. Oh my I gosh, I love oh, that. Someone like she's beautiful. Oh my god, she's amazing. We all have this idea of like this girl, full of full face and makeup, a lace wig." The, the, the just the curviest legs and shape, but that's not how all of us look, and that's not how the majority that's of it. us look. That's it. So literally, like, literally, that is not how. Yeah. Like that's actually not an a, a realistic yeah. view of the majority of young yeah. girls. It's, it's not. not. Yeah. If if you want to see what the majority of young girls like, look like, go on holiday, yeah, for example, exactly. and just just look at the females around yeah. you. Mm-hmm. The average girl does not have large curves. Mm-hmm perfect skin tones yeah. perfect skin perfect hair it is yeah, not realistic exactly. yo this is it so it's, it's just um, not black i'm just gonna read it out black women are beautiful fearfully and wonderfully made not all black women are shaped like a coca-cola bottle like coca-cola bottles still beautiful not all women have huge bums still beautiful not all black women have thick and natural hair and slick edges still beautiful not all black women have thick lips still beautiful black women mm. are not just strong we are gentle careful tender and deserve love without the pain. Not all black women are loud, and those who are like me are not. <laughs> so this was a girl that mm. she put this as a caption. Um, on I Instagram love that. And I was just like, I love that. I think we need to do a post. Yeah, I wish I saw something like that when I was younger because mm. I was definitely the person that wanted to have big lips. Yeah. yeah. Because I thought mm. that's what a black woman should look yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's also what we're seeing in our media as well. Let's be honest. Yeah. As of now, I think back in the day it was different for me because I think the only black women I really saw were like black actresses or models and all of them had a like were slim. They didn't look like, you know, um Amber Rose, like the Gabrielle yeah. Williams or the you know mm-hmm. the models the tyra banks or the Diamond Campbell. yeah but now it's very different yeah you know? and it's and it's so funny we we talk about bodies and just you know appreciating ourselves because today i saw one auntie and she was like oh shadow you've lost weight and yes i have lost weight but i've mm. always been quite small mm-hmm. and my thing is it why is it only seen why are black women only seen in in certain people's eyes obviously yeah. Yeah. seem to be you know looking good or healthy when they are thick yeah. and curvaceous mm, and yeah. with body not all of us have body like you know thick bodies but like that's, that that's not a, all of us are built that way it is because that then makes yeah, you think hmm, is something wrong exactly. with me you know, i was gonna say you know black people when you lose too much weight they say are you are you sick are you okay that's what they think in your in their head <laughs> yeah you know, like, it's, yeah it's a very toxic toxic way of thinking and like you said it black is. women some of us are straight some of us are built like bricks let's be honest some of us are built like circles rectangles yeah. whatever it is we come in a variety. No, but it's becoming a variety of shapes. You know what I mean? We're like those shape yeah. blocks. We just come in all different sizes and shapes, and we're we're beautiful. And I think that's what we want to see, especially yeah. black men honor us. You know, because I feel like let's the okay, same way not, John Boyega honors us. Well, this we is what I'm saying. We're not, we're, like, we're not perfect <laughs> as women, you know. There are women mm. who, again don't um because let's be honest there are also there's also a to- uh, something very toxic about the woman versus woman, black woman versus black woman, which 
another yeah, yeah. situation as well. But like, I think being able to see black men hold us up because they're the ones that are, are really there to say that they're protectors and they're the leaders. They take that position mm-hmm. as being the leaders in the home, etc. So it's like, if you're going to lead us, you also have to protect us. That's a part of leading it, you know? A part of leading is protecting and... and Absolutely. And yeah. and yeah, and also educating us. Like, we shouldn't be... The, not necessarily we should be the ones to educate you, but if you're the... If you are our leaders, you're the leaders of our homes, then you should yeah. be the ones that are saying, okay, do you know what? Let's go in this direction because, you know, and you're saying, yeah. for, you're saying it because you've educated yourself about where you want to go in life or what you want to yeah. do as a family or as a couple or whatever the situation is. So um, I, there's been many times where you just feel, you feel bare. You literally feel so unprotected and you feel like, okay, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's just me, myself and I in this world. Yeah, man. no, for it, literally, like literally yeah. every, the world yeah, against yeah. us. That's how yeah. it feels sometimes. Yeah. And I remember I was mentioning to you guys that when I was younger in school, when I was getting teased, it was by black boys. And these are the people that you'd expect to be your yeah. brothers. But no, mm. they were kikiing along with their white friends, making fun of our features. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, I'm actually your black sister. Yeah. Your sisters probably have the exactly. same features as me. Yeah. Your mum probably yeah. has the same features as me. Your cousins probably have the same features yeah. as me. Yet you're laughing yeah. at that. So who who is there to defend yeah. us then? Yeah. You know? Obviously, that was years ago. And I feel like there is a change and there is a shift happening. Yeah. But the fact that that happened is already just like why like why why was that seen to be okay but even though that was years ago Sade a lot of women have gone through the same thing and it's they've carried it you know along through their childhood into their adulthood and some of that anger that people so and so you know label as that comes from that comes from Mm -hmm. the trauma that we've experienced as young black women So, guys, this is the time of our episode where we go into our she's or that. If you're not familiar with the she's or that, I don't know where you've been because it's all over our social media. Mm-hmm. We say it in every single episode. Um, but, yeah, so she's or that is where we celebrate a woman who has done something amazing in her space, local, national, international. It doesn't matter. As long as you're a woman and you're doing great things, you can be one of our she's or that. So for this week, it's slightly different. I've noticed that there's been a lot of brave women, shout out to all of you, who have come out to mm-hmm. speak about and be transparent about abuse and about the assaults that you faced as women. Um, and for this week, I just want to shout out to all of you. I think you are so strong. Yeah. Um, in particular, there was a lady, and I'm getting emotional because I'm just like, it's crazy that we have to go through yeah. this as women. Um, and we and, and what's scarier is the fact that some women have been so silent for so long yeah. and are only yeah. now finding their voice after so many years. Yeah. Um, so there was a particular woman who triggered me to to do this, she's all that, and her name is yeah. Toyin Salau. And I'm sure most of you have seen it all over the media now. She was brave enough to speak about an abuse yeah. that she'd gone through. And then a few days later, she was found dead. Mm. May her soul rest in peace. Mm. I just want to encourage anyone who has gone through any type of abuse Mm. to speak up. I know it can be scary to speak up because you hear about stories like this. But I promise you, there is strength in speaking up. If you don't want to speak up in public on social media, um, I don't know if, if Jen or Bianca, if any of you know any mediums in which 
a woman's voice can be heard in such occasions. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you. We'll definitely do some research because I think it'll be yeah, it would be good. Absolutely. So what we'll do, ladies, yeah, is we'll send yeah. links. We'll include it in our in our yeah. episode description for you to just reach out to someone and speak about any abuse that you've gone through. Um, But for anyone who has already spoken up, you are our she's all that for this week. Mm -hmm. Keep using your voice. Don't be silenced and and just stay blessed. Yeah. Stay safe. It's not easy. So it's it's very hard. That was hard. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not easy. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. The the fact that Mm -hmm. you kind of, the fact that you speak up about it and then, you're silenced by people who either say we don't care or yeah. you're lying, you know. Yeah. Um, so, to the fact that and and what I I commend is for the people who have been mm-hmm. consistent um, with it, and despite all the naysayers are shouting at them from all angles, just yeah. being like, no, I'm sticking to what this is. I'm sticking to my truth, and my mm-hmm. truth is this. And even if you tell me I'm lying, or if you tell me you try to threaten me, or whatever it is, I'm gonna stick to proof and I'm going to keep telling it so and I feel like a lot of the time women don't speak up is because yeah it's almost been normalized for you to have gone through some sort of sexual assault or some sort of abuse of your body Mm -hmm. especially with older men and I know we we address this that some older men feel like they have an entitlement to your bodies one of my friends was telling me that her, her dad's friend groped her bum and this guy has two older yeah. children uh, a wife and like groped her bum I think a couple of times actually and he just acts just so normal around them like uh, I think um, my friend even told her parents and they almost didn't believe her because it just uh, seemed so absurd or it was just something that they just kind of just just shut like just um ignored type yeah. thing like brushed aside yeah yeah and and it happens more commonly than not it really yeah. really does happen yeah and i think any anyone who really speaks up about being abused because um definitely you know, it's, unfortunately yeah, definitely. it's not just a thing that women experience you know mm. um so anyone mm. that speaks up about it is just yeah we commend you a girl took it upon herself to open up her dms to ask any lady who is brave enough to kind of mention anyone that's that, that's been involved with them in an abusive way or in a sexual mm. uh, insulting way and this girl created a list that's gone round and i guess the purpose of this was to protect other women yeah, yeah. from these people yeah. um and we were told you know don't send this list to males because they might try and warn their friends or you know whatever mm-hmm. um and you know unfortunately with things like this people always abuse it because i mm-hmm. think you know there's been some people that maybe tweeted yeah. it um or just just abused it in some sort of way but i really commend the ladies that did that yeah um it's it's scary the amount of people on that list and mm-hmm. the, some people i even know too yeah. and it, it's crazy because you get those vibes from them but you just never think that they would actually yeah. do something as crazy as what they've yeah. done but it's crazy when they it's you know the 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 denying factor the factor yeah that comes into play and you know what i was thinking about it and i think that um when it comes to abuse on any scale uh whether it's physical emotional in a weird way it actually reminds me of systemic racism and i want to elaborate on that it's not the same thing it is but i want to elaborate so have you noticed that you know just in social media over the the okay. you know, past few weeks and etc you have a lot of conversations that are happening where 
white people are enlightened because they don't actually realize that they are not racist people but because of the way um because of the color of their skin um racist behavior um prejudice behavior stereotypical behavior is embedded in who they are so when you mm. when you actually tell them they're racist they don't realize it because they think no this is my normal way of living mm-hmm. this, this is my society this is the environment i've grown up in so no i'm not racist it's just this is just life and right. it, sometimes it reminds me of people who um have, have been kind of like put in the spotlight as abusers because it's such we normalize it so much especially when it comes to physical abuse you normalize it so much it's such it's it's so much a part of your culture your environment groping women and then and just you know like mm. grabbing them you know even if it's on nights like we were saying earlier on night outs and stuff like that night yeah out, stuff like that like yeah you don't even realize it's wrong because it's a yeah. normal thing it's you've normalized it and i think that's what that's why i say it reminds me of because it reminds me of race, systemic racism because it's so embedded in wow. society mm-hmm. and culture that's deep. that you that's don't realise. And that's why for some men, when they say they haven't done anything, yeah. I actually think they believe it. Yeah. It's not that they... they, they and that's the scariest it. part. It's that that is the scariest it. part. And so it, it reminds me when I'm looking at these characters yeah. online that are saying, no, I'm not racist. They genuinely believe it. Because yeah. the part, it's, it's so embedded in their culture, in their family yeah. structure or whatever, whether it's, we're talking about believe society that, yeah. men versus women here. So embedded yeah. in who they are. They think it's normal. They don't see anything yeah. wrong with it. And so sometimes when these guys say it, I'm like, you know, you actually believe that you haven't done anything wrong. Anything wrong, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and that also kind of leads on to um, the whole Debanj feud mm. and Nigerian men and the culture there where rape is, is not seen as rape. Mm. They, they oh don't see the act of rape as rape. It's yeah. so yeah. normal to them because the way yeah. they defend it is not normal. Yeah. It's actually scary. Mm. It's on another yeah. level completely. Yeah, um, if you haven't heard about the whole Debanj story, it's everywhere. Another level. Um, but long story short, a girl called Shaitan um, came out and um, basically said that Debanj had raped her. I think this was in 2018. Mm. And um, she came out with details, a series of tweets and then a few hours later or days later, um, Debanj and his team had kidnapped her and her mum, apparently. This and her mum. Right? Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. Um, they, yeah, I don't think anything's confirmed. And, and they wiped her social media. So that's Alleged- what, I think okay. that's what's making people think, okay, something's fishy here. Yeah. Why would she wipe all her tweets? Yeah. And then she started tweeting Debanj's new song. Mm. And my thing is that, People are saying that doesn't add up. Mm. Why is Shane Todd tweeting Debanja's song before he is? How does that make sense? Mm. So it's like he's trying to prove that everything is fine, everything is dandy. Mm. They've also switched off the comments on her Instagram page again, Mm. really emphasizing the fact that Mm. he's guilty. Like he's just, he's just, he's not helping himself here. And my thing is that if this is true, if there's investigations that, and then this is found out to be true. I wouldn't even be surprised, yeah. which is the saddest, yeah. the saddest thing about this. I wouldn't be surprised. It's, you know, it's one thing to deny it, but it's another thing to actually silence that person's voice. That's it. I think that's that's the it. The extent of like how, what extent are you going to to silence them? Yeah, if you're lying, it's like okay, yeah. that's, that's that's one thing, you know. But then doing going to that extent, whether it's kidnap, whether it's his people or whoever it is that's doing it, they're going to the extent of trying to silence mm. her. 
And mm-hmm. that to me is where the harm comes in, where the disrespect comes in, where the lack of protection comes in. There should be men that standing up right now saying no, whether it's the Bangladeshi people, whoever you are, we're gonna. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? There should be men that yeah. stand stand up on on her behalf, not just women who are outraged about about this, but it should be men all over, whether in Nigeria, here, wherever it is, and saying, do you know what, we're gonna we're gonna find you. But the issue is like. Yeah, this was not. in yeah. Nigeria, and unfortunately, the police yeah. system yeah. Um, is yeah. not great. And unfortunately, yeah. especially as it's dominated yeah. by male yeah. um, Nigerians, they might also be of the idea of, oh, this is a lie. Someone's bound to listen eventually that can change and make a difference. But it's, it's heart wrenching. It really is heart wrenching um, to, to hear that, man, and just to think yeah. that, you know, how much people you could be helping and setting free by your truth and then to see, you know, that 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 situation, people who have been in that that circumstance I'd probably look at that and say, you mm-hmm. know what, I'm not even telling my truth because if that's what happens when you come out and say, this is what has happened to me, especially by people in powerful places, whether it's politicians, police, yeah. um, artists, etc. And then like we're talking about places in Nigeria that, you know, don't have the infrastructure as much in regards to mm-hmm. Ghana's exactly the same. You can pay any police officer, they'll do what be done it's like jamaica's the same as well it's just that's just how it is so you know it's a shame that these things are happening yeah. in places where there's not much political info like stable infrastructure and that you can't rely on the people who are supposed to protect us to to protect this young lady and her mom because it's just heart-wrenching mm. and and it's just a mm. it's, it's an example of how our, our voices have, have constantly like the, the young lady who passed who, who was murdered toying and and this young lady with the baron just examples of how we speak about our truth we speak about how we weren't protected yeah. and how we were taken advantage of and they were taken advantage of even more you know and yeah. I, I God, nothing tragic ha- happens to her or her mom mm. um i really do because it's a horrible position to be in it like, is it is and then it makes other people scared to speak not, up yeah. exactly. i'm sure this is not a, a, a this is not a, you know a small thing like mm-hmm. this is this is not the first and it certainly yeah. won't be the last unfortunately yeah. but i feel like the more people speak the up first, yeah the less this yeah. type of ridiculous unlawful acts will will happen and another thing i found out is that in nigeria the sexual age of the age of consent for sex is 11 years old wow are you being serious yeah that well it was on google (laughs) (laughs) as in is that that's that's the law that's on paper yeah (laughs) but but do you know what i wouldn't even be surprised i wouldn't even be surprised but that's just Oh gosh, it's really unfortunate, and I think, especially like here in this in this country, a lot of us, including myself, um, you know, have had experience of quote unquote uncles, you know, poaching us and everything. Uncles that yeah. come from that sort of culture, that sort of background, Listen, where they can oh, prey on, on younger to, girls, even though they're married with kids and a Ghana, wife. I remember. Um, oh my gosh, I remember. It's I got unfortunate, Ghana and there was this man who. I traveled to Ghana with my old pastor and um, the, 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 he was he was basically speaking at a church and the church the first the person whose church he was speaking at mm. he's quite like he has a lot of power when it comes to the police and stuff like that like anything he needs he, he's got because he's quite mm-hmm. rich right so mm-hmm. he had this he had these this man driving us around that was based in Ghana mm-hmm. and this man was driving us around and um, basically he 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 didn't live far from where I live. So, you know, he dropped my my pastor to his hotel, then he dropped me home. 
when he's dropping me home, I was, you know, when you're just like, you're in a car or something, you don't really know that well. You're like, mm. so he he took my number because um we had to stay in communication so that, you know, for driving purposes. Mm. And when he was, he was dropping me home, you know what he did? I was so scared. He's first talking about how we should meet up. Better, this is right. Yeah. Better, he's married. Yeah, he's married. Mm-hmm. Talking about how we should meet up. We should do this, do that. And you know, you're just being nice because you're scared if you say no outright, then yeah. what's going to happen? And so, that's already the issue, girl. Yeah, exactly. That's so, already the issue. You're, you're even scared to say no, but I'm yeah. just like, okay, yeah, we'll see. You know, I just got here. You know, I just want to spend time with my family. Blah blah blah. This was the first week. I hadn't even been there for a week. On the route home, he stopped. He was like, "I'm making a stop." I'm like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "Oh, I'm stopping at my house." He stopped. He was like, I'll come inside. I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I was so adamant. I said, I, I stayed in that car. I stayed in that car. He was like, oh, just come inside for a little bit. Come inside. He had all this security at the house, all this stuff. And I was even scared. So I was mm. thinking, like, I don't know these people. I don't know what he what they would do for him. And yeah, exactly. God, he was like, he lit it up. But for five, a good five exactly. minutes, I was literally in the car. Like, no, I'm fine. He was like, no, just come inside, come inside. I was like, no, I'm fine. Wow. I'll just wait here because I don't want to be in the car. I'm tired. I want to go home. And then eventually he did drop me back to the house. But I remember him being so, like, adamant. He was even, he had my brother-in-law's number as well he was messaging mm-hmm. my brother-in-law like oh um tell what's the Bianca to answer her phone I've messaged her I've texted her this that oh when we meeting up and I was just this he must have been what 40s, 40s. yeah and they have no shame so like mm. I just they have no shame no shame and my sister was saying it's culture there like married men will come yeah <sighs> yeah got a wedding ring on they don't take it off you know they don't say, they don't care yeah. Yeah. the stories I hear mm. about African yeah. December Oh, and amazing. how married men are amazing. asking girls mm-hmm. um to, to come home with them that their wife knows their wife won't mind yeah, yeah. they'll be telling you about their yeah. family because they don't you know seriously yeah. some of their wives don't because they're just like well mm-hmm. my husband's giving me children he's some giving, of them me, don't, giving yeah. me a house <laughs> let him go have his fun yeah. at me i don't obviously it's hurting them because as a woman we know how we feel when we've been yeah. cheated on yeah. but at the same mm-hmm. time again it's that lack of self-love yeah. where they feel like they're almost nothing without that man yeah so yeah. whatever the man does ah well i, I have children he's mm-hmm. giving me money so let me just let me just mm-hmm. face my front but you know what I it's sad one thing about jamaican women we will not take the breath you're you're very bad mm-hmm. you are very yeah bad. i'm not saying yeah. every jamaican woman will sit down and you know and that she won't have that but <laughs> we are not more likely to smash up your car <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah we're not having like it's not happening it's not yeah not my jamaican hairdresser like, tells me stories nah, and i yeah. definitely get those vibes from her expecting me like that on, on that it's it's very mad it'll get very mad for you you're gonna bring other girls to my house or, or <laughs> i find that you've got other young no both of you it's, it's ridiculous so, yeah it's, it's it's culture it's culture it is. and but i feel and, like it's our, our generation mm. is gonna break that culture 100 percent, that very toxic culture there are there are a few in our parents generation that we have seen that have yeah, definitely. To, that have taken that step, definitely. brave step. Because I can imagine it's not easy for them in, yeah. that, in that generation where you know you just stick to what you know. As we were saying, it must not be easy for them to just be like, you know what, I'm not doing this mm. anymore. And so I commend people, whether it was my um, our parents' yeah. generation or even before that. You know, the the more the more it goes on, generations, the harder it's going to get to break those traditions. Absolutely, so hard though. Like to, especially like, let's say for me, for example, at work where. <laughs> Oh gosh, there's an mm. uncle, right? I just call him uncle yeah. colleague that I I gave him my number a couple yeah. of months ago, um, mm-hmm. purely for work purposes. I think we were going out for mm-hmm. a, it's called an away day where we all go out together, and he hasn't stopped messaging me since. And I think just I've been be part nice. of that yeah. problem because I've been just messaging back, very you know platonic, and you know he'd just be like, "Oh, 
um, you know, what time is this starting, blah, 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 and I would message back. But now it's gotten to the extent of, he even called me today on my off day. I've been out shopping and I see his number pop up and I'm like, what is he doing? And it's hard because I feel guilty in a weird way where I don't want to... um, you know break up that professional mm-hmm. relationship or so and so from my side anyways professional relationship that we yeah, had yeah. i don't want rumors to this spread i don't for that man to protect themselves they'll then lie about you or say exactly let's be honest these things stick more to women these these rumors yeah. or these, yeah they stick a lot more to women so mm-hmm. we even get yeah our reputation is going to be going to be tarnished in a way if we speak to yeah. them about our truth so we just we're just silent yeah, and so it's just silent. so dangerous yeah. mm-hmm. i don't want to get too deep about it but i think going back to like slavery we're used to abuse we are used Mm. to this master's taking the light-skinned people bringing them in the house having them yeah the abuse of all of these to get in you know us having to like breastfeed babies that are not us all these type of different abuses especially when it came to black women we were to the max when it came in in slavery we were abused Mm. from all angles and i think so it's a generational thing where we've always got the back and we've always got the leftovers um and we've just been used to it it's something that we've adapted to we're strong we hold the family together whether there's mm. a dad there or not whether there's a man mm. present or not we hold it we hold the fort down but i do think an important part of us um also being respected you know in this new phase now where like this move this most recent move- movement's happening and the conversation is rising about respecting black women is that we begin to set boundaries for ourselves so mm. i think that's really important like we were saying not being scared to say no um, because you, you don't, you're scared of what's going to happen to you, you know. Yeah. Started or, for example, setting the boundaries from the get go. You know, like what you're saying, Jennifer, the guy from work. There's all these different. I think that we set more boundaries in relationships in the workplace, wherever it is. Is setting boundaries yeah. for ourselves and saying, you know, we deserve to be treated as though our white counterpart, even our black counterpart as a man, is being treated. Um. So, so how how can we move forward then? Yeah. Um. So that while we round up and just you know. Mm closing the episode obviously we've touched on some very um important things right in this episode it will be triggering for some people mm. um so what are some practical ways i think a practical way is you know that list i mean i haven't read much about it but i think mm-hmm. it was as much as it exposed the men and all that stuff that was yeah. happening it gave some women a voice to actually say this actually happened to me so i think we need more um private spaces like this for people to share their experiences um whether it's to a one-to-one person Mm. a therapist or you know an organization that specializes in um sexual abuse um or you know someone who's created a group because i think as much as this has brought out a negative part it's also you know almost kind of relieved yeah. a few women who have been able to speak out and have been able to say yes this person actually did that for me mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. we need to just create spaces i think there's work that we don't have the responsibility of doing unfortunately if it was all in our hands you know would it be solved i mean not saying it would be solved but i don't think we'd be where we are and having these discussions and i think mm-hmm. again like i said like in comparison to actual systemic racism you know in this movement we've had a lot of conversations about the fact that black people are not be able to do this by their, on their own it's going to take white people or non-blacks to see their position of privilege and say okay mm. i'm gonna have for me it's the same thing so whether it's men black men white women whoever you are if you are not a black woman seeing your position of privilege and saying do you know what 
when a woman speaks up about her pain, I'm not going to silence her. I'm not the person that's going to be that's going to contribute towards a woman's pain. I'm not going to be the person that contributes towards her struggle yeah. story in any sort of way. Um, so I think I also what Jen said, but also it's going to take people who are not us, who don't look like us, who are not black females, to stand up for us. Um, that's it. That's the only way because we can only do so much. Yeah. But again, like for example, this young lady with the banj, you know she spoke up and she's created a space for her you know yeah. as she felt like she, she was safe enough to do that but she wasn't and so yeah people who are not us to also say okay let's let's just like we're, we're looking to white people to come and say look yeah. what can you do it's, it's the same yeah i'm doing in this circumstance i'm looking to men i'm looking to black men especially to say do you know what yeah we could do better and let's help you yeah I think, yeah yeah absolutely love that i don't even know what to add on i think you guys have said it all um mm. it's all about the education it's all about support from other people that are just not us because yeah. yes it's one thing to support ourselves as black women but like we said it's literally the world against us yeah so yeah. the more support we get the better yeah um so yeah that's what i would say but yeah this has been amazing yeah, it really has this has been an eye-opener i've learned i'm sure you as our listeners have learned yeah thank you so much for sticking yeah. through this episode if you listen to the end you are a real one you're a real one so yeah. give yourself a give yourself a pat on the back <laughs> yes 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 but yes anyway give us a rating mm-hmm. on yeah. apple <laughs> Podcasts and follow us on yeah. spotify share this episode with anyone else that you feel would benefit from this and yeah. um, like we said this is part of our three-part series so next week monday will be the final part but yeah thanks guys for all your support we're loving you and we're almost at 1k followers on instagram so yeah, yeah. super excited <laughs> but yeah thanks so much for listening guys Bye. see you next week Yay. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.